Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, this is Go Home Bob You're Drunk, the podcast where we look back at our time in evangelicalism and wonder, why did we do that? <laughs> or we say, that was problematic. Or, that drives me to drink. Um, so, <laughs> my name is Justin, I'm a former evangelical, former pastor, now a uh, man on the internet, and... With things to say, I'm also joined by a lovely co-host across the coast. Hey, I'm Tori, also former evangelical and, you know, person who attended church a lot, more than anybody, you might say, including Jesus. He wasn't there very often. And now I don't do that. I don't, I don't do that. I do this podcast instead. And it's wonderful, especially when you get to laugh at really dumb movies that Christians make <laughs> for reasons that cannot be explained. Uh, uh, I guess yeah. it's because like God's God's ways are higher than our ways. So mm-hmm. some somehow <laughs> we, you know, I avoided a lot of those Christian movies when I was a pastor, uh, simply because I, you I haven't knew, seen God's Not Dead sixty nine. I have not seen God's Not Dead one through sixty nine. Um, <laughs> so. Um, although other, I, I imagine there's probably some porno out there that's God's not dead 69 at this point. I'm sure. Don't oh Google God. it, folks. Don't. If you do, email us. Go on Bible.gmail.com. Email us that you. Want people email- no, never mind. Don't email us. I don't want to know. I would prefer <laughs> that that question just be a mystery box that I can enjoy and not know the truth of. So, so yeah, there's um, um, a, a really, I mean, I don't know, Tori, I've heard that there is a really good Christian movie out there uh, right mm-hmm. now um, yeah. that's, that's full of uh, true facts about things that Based really happened. True events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, I think inspired by true events is probably the thing well, they're legally required <laughs> yeah. to say. Inspired by a true events and interpreted by conspiracy theorists yes i believe that is the film that we of which we are speaking tonight unfortunately yes i I feel like we can i feel like we can speak about this uh movie because no matter what we say it's not going to increase its uh fame or its box office revenue fortune yeah it's, it's just it's going to exist but number one movie in america 
on July 4th only. <laughs> a, a historically, a historically big day to go to the movies. For, for films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Films historically do. Usually people do. are inside. Yeah. I think the only film that did well on Independence Day was Independence Day. Was Independence Day. (laughs) (laughs) The only film I recall being like, oh, man, that's one I got to see on July 4th. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was a good movie. If you feel like watching a movie after listening to this podcast, you should go and watch Independence Day. Tiny bit problematic, but like it holds up really well. It holds up. Yeah. Um, Unlike Sound of Freedom, which, again... We haven't seen, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to try to rip it and then I will send you a copy. Yeah, we may, we may watch this film, um, but we may. I guess that's the thing. Like, I, 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 I will watch them now, ironically, much more than I would have watched them seriously. Before seriously. Yeah. I think the only Christian film I watched s- semi-seriously was Fireproof because I had tickets to go see it, like, for free. Uh. And I remember being like, this movie is terrible. But yeah, I don't know if you remember Fireproof. It's Kirk Cameron. He's a firefighter who looks at porn. Um, <laughs> and that's going to ruin his marriage. And the funny thing, thing is... never happened. The only thing that I recall about that film, truly, is the monitor that he would look, watch porn on was this like really old, like boxy, like monitor from the 1990s. Like, like, I mean, this movie came out like, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe more, but like there were flat screen monitors were a thing. Like that was, was, and so it was like, this was this like one of those old, like boxy, like monitors that was like, this is just a very strange, like this feels very anachronistic. Like, does this movie take place in like 1995, you know, where they have like the living room computer, with like the giant monitor. Anyway, that's the only thing I remember about that film. So, and you know, probably for the best. Yeah, that's real weird. That's bizarre. It's like you can't you can't track what I'm doing online if I'm <laughs> using an old monitor. Yeah, maybe or I don't know. The budget was like, uh, I, I guess we'd go to the junkyard and find a, an old monitor. <laughs> for, it went cause, to Goodwill because I, I do. He destroyed it at the end. I think that was the thing. We can't blow the budget on the monitor. What the. Okay, whatever. Uh, yes. So speaking of destroying things at the end, why are evangelicals so obsessed with trafficking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the movie Song of Freedom is about trafficking, uh, sex trafficking specifically, child sex trafficking. Which leads even. to pornography, which yeah. is why it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, I guess trigger warning for just kind of sex trafficking, uh, uh, sexual assault adjacent kid stuff, you know, we're, we're Q on stuff. We're not going to get into it too deep, but just, you know, guess content warning for that. But yeah, I don't know why sex trafficking is the thing that they're so obsessed with. I mean, obviously sex trafficking, not good, not good. Traditionally, not a good thing. Like, so I'm like, okay, like you get points for being upset at a not good thing, like an objectively bad thing. But like of all the things to be upset about, and like, just, I mean, fixated on why this one is, Yeah, uh, I have a theory I okay. would like to posit. Uh, I think it is because like with abortion, the victims are invisible. Mm. I think that's why they're obsessed with it. Yeah. So there's no accountability. The, the people 
who are being ostensibly being saved can't speak for themselves and they get to be the good guys without actually having to do anything, which is kind of low key what the good guy that this particular movie is based on also does. Not much of anything. IRL, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like the movie is about a white dude rescuing not good rescuing little brown babies, I guess, from Dem Democrats. The bad guys. <laughs> the bad guys. The bad guys. It's important. It's an important story. And it's a story that has never been told before. Oh, never. The world is a hard place for white men. You never has there been a movie. Who are just trying to do the right thing. <laughs> of white men saving brown children from never. brown people. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> never, that, that movie's never been made. Um, mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the sex trafficking angle is interesting. I had a friend that worked in overseas, uh, and I think it might have been Cambodia, and then working with, particularly with women that were trafficked, but she would also work a lot with uh, folks that were trafficked for labor. So, you know, these, you know, typically men, but, you know, or young boys or, you know, children that were trafficked, you know, to mm -hmm. go to a factory or garment factory or whatever, and, and you know, and then they'd be trafficked around the world sometimes you know, for, for labor. And, you know, it's something that was very frustrating to her. And, and I've seen, I've, I've seen this, this isn't just like one person's story. I've seen this in other places too. Like the evangelical organizations that come in to work for, with trafficking, they're like, Oh, we're not interested in labor trafficking. Like we're not interested mm -hmm. in, you know, working with that, working with the victims of labor tra trafficking. Like we're, we're exclusively interested in, child sex trafficking victims like that's who we want to quote unquote help that's who we want to you know and, and i get it it's um i don't it's eye-catching it's like you know i mean it's it's it, it, make, it makes a good headline i suppose like you know mm. we saved 20 men from having to work in a gap factory um right <laughs> might might cause people to ask questions <laughs> um uh, uh -huh. it, it, and, and make them feel a little bit away about our lord and savior capitalism in a way that maybe we saved 12 girls from being sex trafficked w does not like like kind mm -hmm. of like you said it's a story that like doesn't it's almost like politically neutral in the sense that it's like the the headline can just make you feel good about yourself you don't have to ask any questions you don't have to like you know, like, you know, why are these women being trafficked? Like, well, because because mm -hmm. bad people, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, but don't dig down into the economic situation. Don't dig down into right. the labor. Don't dig into anything else. We can just have the story and then we helicopter in. We save the day. We helicopter out. Right. Right. Which, from what I understand, these evangelical-led organizations aren't actually very effective um, yes. at at rescuing people from from trafficking. It's they more try to be adjacent to rescues. They also um, apparently this particular group <laughs> that the movie is based off of, which is like it's based off of some dude who ostensibly worked for the government, was like a homeland security operative who busted up child trafficking rings 
or like this is what he claims i don't i guess that there's no way to actually you can't confirm mm -hmm. or deny whether or not somebody's worked for like homeland security uh but yeah so the his group though um has been told like all kinds of things ranging from you're being problematic because the name of the name of his group is what is it it's the underground railroad something i can't remember what the name is but, so oh gosh. It's like, uh, yeah so there yeah. have been some um some black folks who've been like operation underground railroad this is what he calls this this mm -hmm. paramilitary rescue squad that doesn't rescue anyone um and he's been asked not to use that name because you're a white dude pretending to rescue brown children go fuck yourself and his group has also been referred to as arrogant, unethical, and illegal <laughs> by authorities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from what I understand, they don't actually do much. They try to be close to where the action is happening so they can say that they helped. Um, and which, you know, I don't know. People have this weird need to, like, be the hero of the story. I do think I find it really weird suspect i find it really suspect given how much has come out in the last 15 to 20 years of about churches people from all over like the christian protestant catholic across the board how much of the things that they hate so 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 much and that god hates so much and that they just have to end are things they're actively engaged in mm-hmm at the time that they're preaching these sermons. That to me is like major red flags just based on uh, a lot, a shit ton of history. Well, and like the, there was that story of the, the Ghanan children that were kidnapped and held for months by an organization backed by International Justice Mission, you know? The not so traffickers? The, 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 you know, like an, an International Justice Mission, like, man, that doesn't that sound like a great name? That's just a wonderful place, you know, like, and, and I, I've, I've talked to people that work with them. And like, when you hear their press releases, you're like, fuck yeah. Like this is an organization I could get behind. But then like you start mm -hmm. reading between the lines, like, oh, you also traffic people. <laughs> like we're going to traffic these children to protect them from traffickers. Like, and like, okay. yeah, okay. Or like when, in Haiti, we're going to get these children adopted by white families right. to protect them mm -hmm. from their biological black families like right you know right. and so there's this this i i'm going to say something very that some people might take offense to but i will just say like christians generally aren't don't have a track record of doing well in helping children get out of bad situations you mm -hmm. know it, that's just you know, like you look at the what was done with the Native American missions and and yeah. what was done and Haiti got like all the all of these. I mean, you can just like lay it out like the the imperative that we have to make these kids Christians, I think, gets mm -hmm. in the way of actually helping them not be trafficked. Um, right. And I mean, I'm sure someone will be like, well, and then pull their glasses up and find me an example that I'm wrong. And I'm happy to be proved wrong. And, but it's like it's, sometimes these are like exceptions that prove the rule. 
in the sense that the, the, this just the track record is so bad. And I really wish particularly conservative evangelical Christians would just like, can you move out of the way and help and like let the people that don't have the whole like evangelism thing driving the ship um, and maybe they can prioritize actually getting these people the help that they need so that they are not trafficked. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, th- I think that it's, I think that's really an, a really important point, right? Because it's like evangelicals think that, you know, nine out of 10 Haitian children are going to go to hell if they mm-hmm. don't get adopted by a white Christian family. It doesn't have to be a white Christian family, but it will be because mm-hmm. white. Um, we're we're not know, racist. These, it just happens to be that all these children go to white families. Right. And I think God that this us. is, <laughs> um, I think that this is, um, yeah, I think this is a huge part. Unfortunately, there's a lot of fucking overlap between international adoptions and child trafficking and countries uh, across the world. Once they realized <laughs> what American parents were, or American adoption agencies were trying to pull in their countries, just straight up stopped allowing children to be adopted out because they were mm-hmm. like this is actually trafficking. You know, I, I read a, uh, I read one specific anecdote about this woman who had adopted a little girl. I don't precisely remember where she was from, but I think central Africa, if I recall correctly. And like, as this little girl began learning English and talking to this woman, who's like her mom now on paper, her mom starts realizing like, Oh, you have, you have, you have living biological relatives at home. Like your, your mom isn't even dead. Like you were taken from your mother and your grandmother. They're Mm -hmm. still alive. Yeah. And like ended up returning quote unquote, this child. I don't know what to call that. Right. But yeah. So, and like part of the reason that happened was because this little girl was old enough to communicate. Right. Mm -hmm. So she was old enough to say, these are the things that happened to me before I got here. A lot of, a lot of kids are adopted before, like, before they're verbal. Yeah. So they can't, they can't communicate those things. Yeah. If One you're, of the if other you're under two years the, old, it's you're right. You're not going to be able to really articulate that. Yeah, I mean, I think that like one of, right, exactly. One of the other problems I think with the kind of child trafficking piece of it and piece of this the this particular story the movie what what have you is that yeah there is this very kind of there's so for example this operation underground railroad set up like this sting so they posed as like this really wealthy american dude or australian dude who like wanted to like come and like buy children <laughs> which then again you're not looking at like the economic reasons that a parent would go like oh I can't afford to feed all of my children. Mm-hmm. What are my options here? I mean, and like if if you want to look me in the eyes and tell me like, yeah, I'm fine with like my kids starving to death. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. please do that. I will have that conversation with you. But you're also like you're also setting people up to be criminals when they're just desperate. Mm-hmm. which is so incredibly fucked. This is why like I I would try to have these conversations with people about immigration. You know, because there would mm-hmm. be these, you know, people that are like, well, you know, this was when child separation was going on. Well, it's still kind of going on, but, you know, when, when it was going on a lot, 
you know, there were Christian folks, conservative Christian folks that I had conversations with that were like, well, why would these people like endanger their children like that? Like almost like they deserve to be separated from their kids because they, you know, made this like stupid decision. Like I would never do that to, with my kid. And right. I, you're like, not a say you're not a trustworthy parent or you're not a safe. Yeah. Parent. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like let's brainstorm for a second, a set of circumstances in which maybe you would illegally enter a country with your child. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, it's like, it's actually pretty easy to come up with a few scenarios. I mean, extreme ones, but like a few scenarios where it's like, yeah, I I would probably attempt a border crossing in the event of say, maybe cartels came into my town and took over, right. you know, or, you right. know, any number of things like, like, oh, so there, there are a set of circumstances in which you would do it and it would be okay if you did it. If you but did it, yeah. With, if they do it, they deserve. They're bad. They're bad, you know. It's really, it's really interesting because it's like, th- these are very much people that it's like, oh, I would do anything for my children. Mm-hmm. It's like, they'll, they'll fucking say that. But as soon as another parent is doing anything for their children, like they're bad they're not safe they're untrustworthy they should shouldn't have access to their own kids and it's like okay you no that's not that's Mm -hmm. not how this goes but i think it really goes back to this internalized idea of like white people are people and everybody else is like something but not as not not equal something kind of like a person right (laughs) yeah adjacent to humanity maybe i mean I'm not going to call you an animal, but you know, you know, right, a person. Right, exactly. Like that's, yeah, that's the, yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and again, but it's, but it, it's also odd too, that then like these movies like sound of freedom come out where it's like, we're rescuing these non people, people, you know, like, <laughs> right. and that, that makes us feel good. But if. Same as rescuing fetuses. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Wow. Right. It's like if we have to put women and pregnant people in prison to keep them from accessing abortion, we're rescuing fetuses like that is that's worth it. Yeah. It's like, OK, OK. Yeah, and if like, we, again, you're if setting we, people up to fail and then punishing them for their failure. Yeah. By by. And then in, in these cases, sometimes taking their children. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, it's like, come on. Like, this is, you know, this is never OK. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not a world in which this is okay. And so yeah, don't see this movie and dissuade people from seeing this movie. Like because yeah, what, what did the Guardian say about it? What was the headline? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> QAnon. <laughs> yeah, I just pulled it up. QAnon adjacent thriller. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is the most accurate description that I have seen. But um, yeah, invisible victims are evangelicals' absolute fucking favorites. And people who are invisible victims of their own communities, their own parents, Mm -hmm. right? Like people who need to be saved from like their biological parents. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they love that shit because they're bad. Yeah, because we're saving the children from these terrible parents who are only terrible because we destabilized their economies. <laughs> I know. Like, Oh, sorry. But I mean, you gotta, you just gotta put up with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
it's like yeah i don't know i mean there's a reason we don't we don't teach the stuff in school i think mm-hmm. yeah for sure well let's uh let's maybe take a break for a little capitalism hopefully you get an ad for you know a cruel something uh, fun something fun that you find enjoyable that is not problematic cleanser yes if you will (laughs) maybe the barbie movie will be the thing that you get advertised about that'd be great all right we'll see you in a little bit first corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that here at the speaking in church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, welcome back. I hope that uh, capitalism break was better than capitalism to you. Uh, so <laughs> if you, uh, don't want to hear ads, you want ad free episodes. If you just want to support the show directly and not indirectly through ads and things, uh, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash go home Bible. Uh, you get access to our, um, discord and a few other things. Uh, one of the benefits is that, um, if you pledge at the youth pastor tier or above, you get a life verse and this life verse is mediated to you um, by God. Uh, by the way, this is this is totally legit uh, by your anointed leaders, Justin and Tori, and you become a, a member of the well, not a member, I should say a staff member of the second church <laughs> of the drunken Bible. So everyone listening is a member of this church. That's just that's just, you know, that happens. But your staff member. So part of those life verses that we just give you a random verse. Uh, Tori is going to give the verse today. Our, our patron uh, our patron is Rachel. Uh, Rachel is our new youth pastor. Uh, they just joined our Drunken Bible Church. And so, Rachel, um, this here is your verse. Tori's going to give it to you. Oh, yes, indeed. Well, I mean, yes, I'm going to give it. I'm going to translate it. I should say. From the you were going golden, to, you were going to receive it. From the golden plates. <laughs> yes, you're going to receive it. <laughs> no, I'm going to translate it from Reformed Egyptian. Justin, yeah. shut up. Tori is now putting her head into a hat. <laughs> With a rock in it also. Okay, here we go. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Matthew 13, 20. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Hmm. The sentence continues, but the verse does not. (laughs) 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 So, Rachel, thank you very much. Uh, Appreciate so much uh all the people that are chipping in helping to to make the make the ship go and um yeah keeping keeping things afloat over here yeah may you may you float over the rocky ground (laughs) like a seed (laughs) and finish your sentences (laughs) and maybe finish and just feels like a fun like the sentence continues but the verse does not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean i don't know i feel like the rule was the verse the rule is the verse it's not the complete thought it's the verse it is a life verse 
There are very few complete thoughts in the Bible. Anyway, uh, mm. yes. If you would like to join all of the lovely staff members at our church, patreon.com slash go home Bible. Mm-hmm. And you can sign up and every little bit helps helps keep the show on the air. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> um, no, but it actually does help us like mitigate the costs that come with making the show, which we are very grateful for. Mm-hmm. And also grateful for all the fun, fun folks. Yeah. Who a lot, decided a lot of fun to folk. be part of part of the little community that we made. Very into all of them. So Yeah. We have a we have a new segment that we're trying to do here called the conundrum. Uh it's it's essentially a would you rather, if you will, but I like the I like the conundrum. And it usually it has to do with what we're talking about. Today we're talking about Elijah. Elijah. Yes. I'm going to mess Elijah. that up. Elijah. Actually, back up for a second. Our drinking game is every time I mess up Elijah or Elisha, go ahead and take a drink. That'll be our little drinking game. But we're going to put forward this conundrum here. That's going to be Elijah adjacent. And you could be thinking about it as you uh, check out this here passage of, of the Holy Writ. Yes. But conundrum me. You have to answer the question, Justin. Oh, I do. Okay. You have to answer it. <laughs> I I will have I will answer it, yes. All right. Well, here it is. And I don't know what my answer is. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to choose on the spot. Conundrum of the week for the for the episode, which I have tentatively titled in my notes, Elijah demands to be Elijah. Elijah <laughs> demands to be taken seriously because he likes to do magic tricks. Yes. So the conundrum. By the way, everybody, caution, this conundrum does contain spoilers from the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin, would you rather spend three years by a brook being fed by ravens Mm. or would you or three years in a cave with 99 other prophets of God being fed by some dude? Hmm. I'm going to have to go ravens on this one. (laughs) I'm going to have to go ravens. Ah, <sighs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just because you can't hang with the prophets. Yeah, no. I, you know, I. It's kind of one of those things. Like, if I'm gonna have bad food, I, I'd rather just be by myself. <laughs> like, if it's gonna be like bad food, if my choice is like, like bad food, and then like bad food alone, or bad food with bad company, like bad food with bad company. I, I'd just rather be alone. You know, and it could be maybe the ravens find me something good. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, it's not going to be sanitary, whatever it is they find. It won't be sanitary. You're right. But at least, like, the only, like, shit I have to shovel is mine. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like, 99 other dudes eating in a cave. No. Like, no. I'd rather be by myself by a brook. Thank you. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. I, um, I feel very similarly. I... The thing is, I realize like my mental health would not would not make it out intact of either one of these scenarios. <laughs> so, oh, fair. <laughs> I'm like, I would go crazy either way, but I think I do better being mentally unwell when I am with other people. So despite the fact that this is 100 people who are having to shit somewhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, I feel like I might, and I can tune people out really well. So there's also that. I feel like I'm good at like, 
um, you know, oldest of five kids. We were all homeschooled. My dad worked from home. Everybody was home all day long, all the fucking time. I can tune people out very, fairly well. So I think that I, if I was going to make it out alive, <laughs> I'd have to be with mm-hmm. the other 99 people who could talk me down because I would, I would, you know, hit that, that first COVID winter, no vaccines. Don't, don't really want to be doing this anymore. <laughs> that was rough. I will say. I would hit that point several times hanging out by the brook with my little raven friend. <laughs> it's the only person I can talk to. See, I feel like eventually the raven would start talking back and then it'd be, totally, be fine. Totally. You know? No, I agree. Yeah. You know, I, I, I begin to rethink a little bit. You, you've made a good case, but I am going to stick. I'm going to stick with ravens. I still think ravens ravens is the better the better choice. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... It's the superior choice for sure. It's just like, which one am I going to actually make it out of? Fair, fair. But yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm liking my odds with the Ravens. Yeah, um, yeah, so, fair enough. So what do you all think? Um, if you are intrigued, maybe you know something about Ravens that I don't, uh, that you should warn me about. Let me know. Uh, you can go gohomebible at gmail.com or you can tweet at us. Um, check it out. And we will uh, we'll yeah. go from there. Yep. Tweet um, us, DM us at Go Home Bible. Super easy. So yeah, we're talking about Elijah and the the prophets meat fire. Uh, yeah, the, oh, prophets the prophets of Baal of Baal. The, um, Baal. We'll say Baal, even though I think it is technically Baal. It, it just I've just it's a dead language. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You don't know. But actually, sorry, sorry. Can <laughs> I go on a little? Can I go on a little dead language rant for a second? Do it. No, do it. Do it. Do it. I'm okay. here for this. <laughs> so I was I was preaching one time and I I mentioned a Greek word. I didn't even remember what it was. I, I don't know if it was. It might have. I don't remember what it was, but I, I pronounced the Greek word. And this, this dude that fancied himself a Greek expert and maybe was better at Greek than me, but this is like Koine Greek. This is not spoken Greek. This is like a, this is dead language Greek. Okay. Like if you, if I go to Greece, like I could like tell what the letters are and maybe a couple mm-hmm. words would be the same, but it's just like, it's like middle English and modern day English. It's just not, they're not the same language. So he comes up to me afterwards. He's like, Oh, I, you pronounced that word wrong. Like, and he, he proceeded to correct me, but I'm like, I like we literally made up these words. Like they're not like we made up what they sounded like so that it'd be easier to teach. Like we didn't like there's no, there's no you don't fucking correct my pronunciation of oikos or whatever. Like because anyway, so all right, so little rant, little it's a dead language, man. Like you know, like if you want to correct my interpretation of what it means, go for it. We'll debate that all day long. We'll have a good time, maybe. But like, don't be like, oh, actually, you pronounced that wrong. Like, there's no, you know, if you went back in time, you'd pronounce it wrong too. We both would because we don't know how they pronounced it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Cosine. So dead that. languages. Uh, it's 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 bail. Let's make it bail. So. So yeah, so he's been is- <laughs> he has been fed by ravens at this point. Well, yeah, he has been he has been fed by by ravens, but it just occurred to me that pronouncing it Bale makes me want to make a bunch of Bale reform jokes because God is so mad at Bale all the goddamn time. <laughs> he's like, we need Bale reform. Fuck this dude. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Bale. The prophets of Bale. Um- <laughs> no, so yeah, Elijah's uh Elijah's 
doing stuff. God is like knocking these kings out uh, left and right. Asa's ruling for decades and everybody else, Elha, Zimri, Zimri, it says. Mm-hmm. King Zimri reigned for seven days in Tirza. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> Going strong, guys. And, you know, Elijah is a Tishbite, whatever that means. He's from Tishba. Tishba. That's what it means, obviously. Tishba. Tishbite um, is so fun to say, though. I don't it know. Is, why. You know, I mean, it, it does. There's just, There are some words that just like the. Mouthfeel is yes, good. Yes, the mouthfeel is just like <laughs> Tishbite. Mouthfeel is not one of them. That is a terrible word to say. <laughs> it's true. The, it's what it's, the mouthfeel of the word mouthfeel is. Is yuck. Yuck. Gross. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I, boy, I don't want to say that word. But yeah, so. So he's doing his thing. He's, you know, him and Obadiah are palling around, whatever. Being prophets. You know, being, well, doing prophet yeah. shit. I think, well, actually, I think Obadiah in this context is the palace administrator. Yes, that's but true. But I mean, I he's, me, Obadiah's he a got a thing for prophets, as, as we right. will get to. So yes. I'm just going to make him one <laughs> by association. Sure. He, you know, everyone's a prophet in their own eye. Fair. Very fair. So, so he's doing his thing, and then they 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 get a bunch of people. And so he, you know, Elijah's he's he's gonna go to Ahab. You know, is this? Are we starting with the drought? I feel like we're reading two different chapters mm, right now. Yeah, let's go. We'll back up and we'll start with the drought. Let's do that. We're gonna take. We're gonna we're gonna ease our way into this one. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. So, Tish bitey dude. Apparently, he just like stomps up to the king. This is first first kings or one one king if you're a maga, and so he goes to Captain Ahab and says, <laughs> "As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word." Somehow Ahab like just lets him storm off. <laughs> yeah, I'm like if I were the king, I'd be like, "Just who the fuck is this guy?" Like. Get rid of him for me, <laughs> but he gets yeah. he he escapes. Yeah, like uh, like he just like does this and then bounces. Right, like somehow he gets out of there alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and verse two, chapter seventeen says, "The word of the Lord came to him: Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, Cherith, mm-hmm. which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook. Interesting, since brooks are." the first thing to dry up when there's a drought. Fair. <laughs> never mind. Mm-hmm. Never, don't think about it. Um, and God goes, I've commanded the ravens to feed you at the brook. So Elijah did that, knowing that Ahab was definitely going to put a cap in his ass if he saw yeah. him again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But then again, yeah, the brook, the brook dries up because it's a drought. <laughs> And that happens. Yeah. That's what happens. So uh, then the Lord's like, okay. So it's definitely one no of those Brooke. scenarios where like the Lord didn't think this through. Like, you go by this very, very small trickle of water. It'll be, oh, oh, shit. You're the only one who knows about it. You and me. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else has heard of this water before. Yeah. So then the brook dries up and God's like, oh, shit. I guess I got to send him somewhere else. So the Lord's like, go to Zarephath. Mm-hmm. Dwell there. I've commanded a widow who lives there to feed you. So Elijah's like, okay. Better than ravens, I guess. 
widows are better than better than ravens for being fed. Yep, it's true. So then, yeah, he goes into Zarephath and like the first lady he sees, apparently <laughs> he's like, hey, bring me some water, bro. Mm-hmm. It's a drought. And you walk into town and like just start yelling at some lady to give you water. <laughs> and like yeah. she was going to do that. And then he's like, oh, also bring me some bread. <laughs> yeah. Elisha's, she sounds like a real nice guy. Yeah, she sounds like El- a nice guy. Good manners. Yeah. Elisha's. I mean, God, Elijah, take a drink. Uh, Elijah is. Yeah. He's just not. You know, like, like, like a lot of these prophets, just I feel like just a lot, a lot of bumbling going on here. Like, just a lot of like, um, yeah. poor social skills. Yeah, like oh, the ravens didn't work. Uh, let's find this woman. Get this woman to give you something. Oh yeah, go get go. There's some random woman. It's fine. And anyway, so this woman turns around and she's like, "I swear to fucking God, I have." just enough flour and just enough oil to make some bread for me and my kid. And then we're going to starve. So, uh, no. And (laughs) Elijah's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. God's got you. Just make it and give it to me. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, he's like, if you do that, then God will magically supply you with one day's worth of flour and one day's worth of oil until the famine is over, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's it's very wandering in the wilderness of God to only give a day at a time. But well, he doesn't want you to bank it up. I mean, he's, right. he's, you, you know, trust God. He's, he's worried Obviously. about people taking advantage of the system. Moochers, if you will, you know, <laughs> yes. so you only get enough for a day and you got to come back. No. Oh my gosh. So, but yeah, Elijah's like, listen, God's going to take care of you until the until the rains come back, which mm-hmm. again, I'm like, it still takes four to five months to grow food, but whatever <laughs> the rain. Um, so like, she does this. I, I can imagine this woman be like, um, actually, I, I mean, thank you, but that's not going to be as effective as you think. <laughs> How about this lasts until we can buy food? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And I'm like, he, she must've thought he was going to murder her or something. Like why the fuck else would you give some random dude? Like, the last food you have. Yeah. yeah. You have no way of getting more. Guy's but got anyway, ravens she... perched on his shoulder. He probably stinks. So he's got, you know. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. My gosh. Some right. Radagast the Brown nonsense. Ra- I was totally a <laughs> reference. God damn it. Um, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm imagining right now. Uh, just with, with, with fewer coats because it's hot, I yeah. assume. It's hot during droughts. But yeah, so the Bible says that the jar of flour was not spent and the jug of oil did not become empty until the rains came back, at which point you're still starving because you got to plant food. Uh, so, mm-hmm. And then there's like this whole little kind of like side quest of the woman's son dies mm-hmm. during, well, it's still uh, drought times. And so... Elijah's like, go get me your son's dead body. And um, <laughs> because I, yeah, I fucked up this miracle and only made the perpetual jar last until the rains came. But they're still hungry. Uh, and yeah, so this woman's son just apparently something happened. He's gone. Elijah says he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, let this child's life. 
mm-hmm. come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. And the child came, uh, and the life of the child came into him again. And he mm-hmm. revived. And Elijah took the child down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah's like, your son's, your son's back. He's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, this woman's like, well, now I know that you are a man of God and that you speak the truth. And this is like, I, this lady has got to be like, get this motherfucker out of my house. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's big evangelical energy. You just show up unannounced. You're like, I'm not going to be any, any kind of bother. It's fine. I'm, I'm here, here and you need to provide for me because I'm here for um, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So after this little detour, the Lord's like, hey, go back to Ahab and then I'm going to make it rain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't really, this is a weird again. It says Elijah went to show himself to Ahab, but the famine was severe in Samaria and Ahab called Obadiah, who's like the... I don't know. He's like the, he just hangs with all the prophets. So I guess he's not a prophet. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's a God dude, but he's apparently not a prophet. And, um, it says that Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. And then when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, cause I guess she was trying to kill all of them to get the rain back, which fair, um, <laughs> Obadiah took a hundred prophets, a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water, mm-hmm. which like, no, you didn't. I'm sorry that did not happen. No. There had to have been water there. You were not transporting water for a hundred people every single day for three years. Yeah. Without <laughs> without being noticed. Right. <laughs> it's like, what you doing? Oh, nothing. Oh, just taking just all this got- water that's real important because it's a drought out to nowhere. I'm going to drink all of it, actually. Thanks. I'm going to take roughly 50 to 60 gallons of water here every day. (laughs) Yeah, and that's just for drinking. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Nothing else. But, okay, so so he he does this, and Ahab is like, tells Obadiah, like, go into the land and find all the springs of water and find some grass so that we can save the horses and mules so they don't starve or whatever. And apparently Ahab is also doing this with Obadiah. So mm-hmm. Ahab goes one direction, Obadiah goes the other. <laughs> yep. It's convenient. I'm going to go this way. He's like pointing towards the caves on the other side of the hill. It's oh, like, cool, I'm cool, gonna... cool. See you in a bit. Yeah. We'll see you. While he's looking for grass for the horses, which again, they would have been missing this water if he'd actually been bringing water to 100 dudes every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs into Elijah very conveniently, and Elijah says, "Go tell your lord, meaning Captain Ahab, um, Elijah is here." And then he's like, uh, "Obadiah goes. Um, so you want me to die? Because if I say to yeah. Obadiah that you're here, and I come back and you're not here, he is going to murder me." Yeah, I love like the NIV. He's like, "It's like, what have I done wrong?" <laughs> To deserve this. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. He's like, literally, Ahab has been sending people all over the planet trying to look for you so that he can kill you. And this is just not going to work out. Yeah. So Elijah's like, I swear, swear to God, I'll be here. I'll show myself to Ahab. And Obadiah goes along with it, I guess, for reasons. And um, he goes, finds Ahab. He's like, look, Elijah's over there. You should go. You should go talk to that guy. And um, 
<laughs> I want to know what your what your translation says because in this one it says when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, "Is it you, you troubler of Israel?" <laughs> oh my like gosh. yeah, your people are starving because of you, bro. And but of course, whatever. Elijah's like, "Oh, it's it's uh, eighteen verse 17. But Of course, Elijah's like, um, "I didn't cause." this problem it was you because yeah. you sinned yeah this is is it really you the one who brings disaster on israel it's like actually i'm looking at obadiah here like it would like the famine might have been caused by him like siphoning away all this water and food to feed these <laughs> hundred dudes 100 in the dudes. caves like there's no water here why is there no water like, we're in like kind of a drought here now, all of a sudden. Like, ooh, no, don't yeah, mind me. Nobody's, nobody's going to miss 50 gallons of water. So I blame Obadiah. In, in the Middle East. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, so Elijah's like, bro, this wasn't me. Although it kind, it kind of technically was. And so anyway, he's like, go get the entire fucking country. <laughs> and meet me at Mount Carmel. And then bring 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Which, okay, so if if Jezebel's feeding 400 dudes every fucking night, maybe he wouldn't. Maybe they wouldn't have missed the 50 gallons. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot of dudes in in a famine. Mm-hmm. So apparently Ahab goes gets the entire fucking country of Israel and all the prophets. And they go to this this mountain, mm-hmm. and, which is a great um, thing to do. Concentrate all the people together during a famine. That's a great. It's mm-hmm. a great plan. Yeah, because the resources then go even further. Oh yeah, or something for sure. <laughs> the limited resources are even more constrained. It's fine. Um, but Elijah's like, okay, he's like, he's like, listen, you bitches have not been following the Lord. You've been following Baal. Lord is really pissed at you, but then again, what's new? He kind of hates you. Just depends on which day of the week it is. He's a bit of a freak. Yeah. Elijah also says to the people, I, even I only am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Elijah, that is not true. Obadiah has been feeding 100 prophets (laughs) in two caves for three years. You are not the only prophet left. Yeah, you're not it. <laughs> but maybe God just didn't tell him that, and Obadiah didn't tell him that. I don't know. I don't know. It was lost in translation somehow, or he got confused. So Elijah like lays down this challenge. All the prophets of Baal get a bull. I get a bull. We pray to our respective gods. Whoever, whichever god lights the sacrifice on fire, is the real god. Easy. It's mm-hmm. basic. And all of the people, again, the entire fucking country, it's like, sounds good. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Elijah, after having made up the rules for the game, not sus, tells the other guys, like, you can go first. It's fine. You 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 make your sacrifice first. Um, so they did Prophets of Baal, the 450 dudes, which it's probably went really fast if there's that many of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, they prepared the bull and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice and no one answered. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then I love how And they limped around the altar they had made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause they hadn't had water for three days. Yeah. And of course, and then Elijah he gets like all he gets all snippy. He's like, Oh, if he's a god, he may be deep in thought, or perhaps he stepped out for a moment. Or is taking a trip. Maybe he's taking a shit. Yeah, like that's that's the, the subtext that. there is that he's taking a shit. Perhaps uh, he's relieving himself. Yeah, yeah, or sleeping and needs to be awakened. Which I, I did see an interesting footnote here, and I don't know how true this is. I had never heard this, but I, this is just fascinating mm. to me that the belief, apparently, allegedly at the time, was that Ball was imprisoned in the underworld oh, during this drought. I mean, Ball. I think Ball was a, like a storm god, so like it would kind of make sense that he's he's imprisoned in the underworld. And so, like Elijah being like, you know, maybe he's like just in deep okay. thought. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's you know, like it's kind of like kind of mocking their you know theology or whatever. So I I find that was an, I had actually not heard of that before until I kind of was just I've never heard this. that yeah I don't know how they would know that like at this time the worshippers of Baal believed this or maybe it was just general like during droughts they thought Baal was imprisoned kind of like how people think <laughs> like when the, like lightning strikes they think Thor's fighting the giants or something I don't know <laughs> but anyway I know makes as much sense as any other explanation they had at the time true. So anyway, yeah, so possibly your god is out taking a shit or imprisoned or whatever. He's been eating all the he's been eating all the ravens. Yeah, he has. He's been <laughs> he's really backed up. A raven muncher. So they spend the entire fucking day screaming, these prophets do. They're probably pretty Which, thirsty. Honestly, yeah, they're probably pretty thirsty. Kind of this might have been like a fun Bible story to actually like watch. You could just go back in time and like have a seat on the side so you're not fucking up the timeline. <laughs> Imagine all this happening and you're one of those prophets of God just like stuck in a dark cave. Like we don't exist, apparently. Yeah. Elijah says we don't matter. You don't matter. <laughs> like prophets lives don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> They're just really sad. They're drawing sad things on the cables. <laughs> So, yeah, these 450 dudes, they keep crying. They start cutting themselves. Ew, that's disgusting. They're screeching and hollering and losing their voices. And nobody shows up. There's no fire, no sky fire. And then Elijah tells all the people, come near to me. Not a thing that an entire country can do, my dude, but okay. So then... Elijah repairs the altar of the Lord. So I guess there was already an altar there on Mount Carmel. Um, and uh, Elijah takes 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, which again, like, it, that's so weird to me because he had 13 sons. Um, <laughs> the two of them just get like smashed. Together. You know, it's, um, it's, that's to me is really weird. Also, I kind of assumed there was already a like an altar up here. So I think it's really funny that Elijah's like standing and like waiting around for these dudes going like, eh, where's your dude? Where's your guy? Why isn't your meat on fire? Yeah, why isn't this? <laughs> he's not building his own. It's I don't know. He's not like making an altar unto the Lord. He's just mocking them. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah, he's like such a weird way to spend your time. He spends his day trolling, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, it's my turn." Like this, <laughs> right. this I'll, I'll use this already existing altar that I have to just gather the stones and stack on top of each other. I guess 
Um, uh, like, how large of stones do you need to have 12 stones that you can put a fucking bowl on top of? These are boulders, I think, at this point. These are... Yeah. 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 It's... Anyway, I just... I had to just... This whole story just is the funniest thing to me. And it, it's, it's kind of funny when you read it in church, but it's way funnier when you read it and you don't believe it literally happened. Yeah. Much better, much better in terms of, of the the narrative, the storytelling. Because yeah, like because then Elijah, Elijah, not Elisha. Jeez, uh, already Elijah, started. Already Elijah. started. This. So this, I'm drinking. This is what this is what sleep deprivation and I've been alcohol. drinking for 24 hours. Been <laughs> <laughs> drinking this whole time. Uh, so yeah, because it's then it's like it's not just like we're not going to make an altar. We're going to like soak it in water. And we're going to, you know, cut up this bull and play, you know, just like, just like, and th- and then again, like the reason you guys have a drought is because you just keep wasting water. Like you need some like Fremen in here to teach you like how to conserve water, man. Uh-huh. Like, oh my God. We need right? some dune nonsense up in here. <laughs> right. It's like, you guys don't know how to. But I mean, I think, about, I feel like, and maybe this is, this is probably quite common across many many like civilizations and tribes and what have you it seems like there was a lot of resource waste trying to appease the gods so maybe that's what this was about you know well yeah like the the flagrant you know just like yeah use of of something that's valuable to just pour it out for the gods like eh, here you go right yeah i mean it seems kind of it seems kind of common seems like it was a common thing to do and then when things got really bad it was people that started getting poured out um mm-hmm. yeah i love yeah elijah's like doing all of this now by hand apparently building an altar altar putting a trench around the altar putting wood on top of the altar cutting the bull into pieces putting the pieces of the bull on the altar bringing all of the jars of water i mean carous i mean water <laughs> on yeah this is oil, this is water something. guys water don't get too close. Stand back Don't or God might actually accidentally light you on fire also. I know it has a strong smell, but it's water. <laughs> I promise. Uh, I don't know. It's like it's it's for water from avocados. <laughs> Look at the sun for five minutes while I'm doing this. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, pour water on it. And they're like, okay. And they do. And then he's like, more. <laughs> so they do this three times. And the Bible says the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. Of course, as you do. Again, as you do. What kind of a fucking drought is this? Yeah, I call fake drought. (laughs) Fake drought. Yeah, I don't just where do you where are you getting this? Like, that's expensive. Water is expensive, man. So, yeah, Elijah, the prophet says, oh, Lord, God of Abraham. Isaac and Israel, I always want to say Jacob, he says Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Mm -hmm. I don't recall anywhere in the story where God was like, dump a bunch of water on the bull. (laughs) True. I wonder if God's like, damn it, you're making this hard. Come on. I was just going (laughs) to. God. I got to. 
But then it's kind of funny because Elijah does this thing where he's like, uh, answer me. And also, all these people need to know that you still exist because this is Israel. Don't you know how this goes? We forget about you the minute you leave the room. <laughs> like, we don't have object permanence with gods, which I, I love because he, he's kind of like low-key begging God, like, you kind of have to do this. Otherwise, nobody's going to believe in you anymore. And um, Can I pause for a second? Like, how many times yes. did we do this shit, too? Like, not quite to this extent, but, like, how many times was I, you walk like... walk out of church, you forget? Well, the, the, yes, that. But also, like, <laughs> how many times was it, like, okay, God, like, this would be a great time to prove that you're real, you know? Fine. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, actually, there was this one time I, I was camping... And it was just one of those Mm -hmm. situations where it was like, it was raining. It was supposed to be the day we were leaving. And so it was like, I'm going to have to pack Mm -hmm. up this entire fucking camp. Cause we we were car camping. So it wasn't like backpacking where it's like the tent, the backpack you go. Like this was like, we have all this shit and it was just pouring down rain. It was like surprise rainstorm. And Mm. it was like, I remember thinking like, God, this would be a real great time (laughs) for you. (laughs) For you to prove that, <laughs> to you prove exist. that you're real, you know, and, th- and he's like, I am proving that I exist to farmer Aaron, yes, 10 miles away, who exactly. said he needed rain. Exactly. Like, what are you? <laughs> I'm busy, I'm busy providing food for people, Justin. Sorry to inconvenience you, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember getting like really mm-hmm. like mad. I was like, damn it, like this, this is just, I'm just asking for five, a five minute window <laughs> of no rain, of no rain. It didn't happen. Oh. So. God, he must have been busy yeah. leaving himself or something. Yeah, he must have been taking a shit. Helping Farmer John mm-hmm. down the road. <laughs> so, uh, in this particular time, though, uh, this, the Lord this one time. <laughs> does the thing. He shows up and lights the entire, the entire burnt offering on fire. And uh, mm-hmm. it also burns up the wood and the stones and the dust and the water. <laughs> and it it licked up, in my translation, it licked up the water in the trench. Yeah, I definitely, It's a, that was a fun kind of water. Whatever was in that water was also flammable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you found some like sulfur water, is sulfur flammable? I don't know. Anyway. It was it was cool. Whatever whatever the whatever the magic trick was that Elisha was doing, and of course naturally because once God proves that he can he can do the thing, he's like Elisha's like oh you have to go tells all the people go collect those prophets of Baal and push them off a cliff or something. <laughs> oh no, they took them to the to the brook and slaughtered them. The- why would you do that if there's still a functional brook? Why would you fill it with? the blood of a 450 people? like can you imagine like some actual farmer dan was like down river not really paying attention and just like what what, so what the, the fuck yeah. like, he was like oh this is the plagues again great i get it great. we're back in egypt back in egypt great. again god damn it third time this month i i got okay so this is totally off topic for the story but on topic for the scene that's being set here i saw some photos um of a whale hunt i didn't know that this was a thing uh of like annual whale hunt that they do in pharaoh on pharaoh islands which is i mean to the extent of my knowledge it's a bunch of 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 scandinavian folks it's not it's not indigenous people who live there because i don't know that anyone 
is indigenous to there. And um, I, yeah, I don't see how there possibly could have been anyone indigenous to that island, but you know, because it's it's directly between Iceland, the northern northernmost part of the UK, and like Norway. Yeah, <laughs> like if if you triangulate that, that's our Faroe. But anyway, so they're 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 killing all these whales that they do is like this annual tradition. And I was like looking at pictures. I'm a weird person, and water turns really fucking red mm-hmm. with not that much blood in it. <laughs> like. It, it looked like it looked like the Kool-Aid guy, like in the ocean. Yeah. It was really intense. Needless to say, I I those whales have a little more blood than 450 profits of bale. But I imagine still, it's it was around about similar. Not not the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> the ratios are the same. I'm pretty so sure. So you would think you would take them to a mountaintop and and do that so that you don't contaminate. Just push them off. Just push them off the hill. I mean, that You're is on like a mesa or a bluff. That or is something. actually an interesting <sighs> thought. That like they because the Bible has like very detailed like instructions on where to shit and where women should go uh-huh. when they're on their period and yeah. like how to not contaminate stuff. I mean, it didn't have like germ theory at the time, but it was just like there are some very like detailed things. And then it's like, well, let's go to a mm-hmm. valley where the water <laughs> is. And we're just going to just upstream of everybody upstream of everyone. And we're going to kill 400 some people like it just seems like an oversight, I guess is what I'm saying. It does. It does. It feels I know this is a little bit crass. It feels a little bit Rwanda to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just like push them down the river. Yeah. Like, come Why on. Why are we doing this? Why? Whose idea was this? No, just push them off the cliff like they were going to do to Jesus. We've never talked about that story on here, have we? No, we haven't. Maybe we probably should. Have we? Mm, no, not that one. No. <laughs> when they're like, okay, we got to get rid of this motherfucker. He's done. Um, so the good news is that once all the prophets of Baal are dead, Jesus decides it can rain again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Elijah tells Ahab, uh, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of rushing rain. Apparently Ahab was sufficiently chastised or humbled or what have you that he actually is listening to elijah now and elijah went back up to the top of mount carmel um it says he bowed himself down on the ground and put his face between his knees (laughs) and then he says to his servant where did his servant come from uh maybe it was obadiah i'm just gonna say it's obadiah uh go up now look towards the sea and his servant goes there's nothing and elijah's like go again Try again. There's nothing. (laughs) Does this seven times. It's like some severance nonsense where they like make them read Uh that statement over and over again. (laughs) Do they believe it? Yeah. (laughs) You have to show sufficient remorse for your actions. I don't believe Um, you again. (laughs) Oh, God. That's so triggering. Anyway, I'm I'm standing by that dude. Was that dude's name? His last name was Mil Milchuk or something. Yeah, there are no black people with the last name Milchuk. <laughs> I'm just saying um, that's not a thing <laughs> unless they married into it. I'll, I'll, I'll give that maybe. So uh, anyway, seventh time, the servant says, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. <laughs> so Elijah's like, well, you better you better go tell Ahab. He's like. The rain's going to catch him and his chariot's going to get stuck in the mud and he's never going to make it home. Mm-hmm. And we know he's a whiny little bitch, so it's not like he can walk. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, says in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezebel. Jezreel. Get that wrong every time. Yeah. <laughs> that should be my drinking game. Like, <laughs> Jezebel and Jezreel. <laughs> Jezebel, Jezreel. It's close enough, right? I like, yeah. Anyway, this is like, and obviously, in conclusion, the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah. And he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Mm-hmm. So ran faster than the chariot. Yeah. And got to the place yeah, the where they were all going. New English says, now the Lord energized Elijah with power. Wow. Wow. He must have been like, he must have been a full moon. He must have charged his crystals the night before. <laughs> yeah. Just getting a power up. Yeah. Like I, the Lord was just like dishing out the power ups then. <laughs> Not so much now, but. Yeah, yeah, but it's clear that the Lord is capable of showing up under certain circumstances mm-hmm. if he is in the mood, which apparently he has not been for about 2,000 years. Like every neglectful father, point. when they're in the mood, Give or take. they can show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can be a great dad when you've got the bandwidth and remember you are a father. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> those two things, those two things don't often intersect, but. Sometimes. But when they do, the Lord is good. When they do. Also, I like I do love the idea again that like God has to continually prove that he exists to Israel. It's not even like they're enemies. <laughs> it's always to them. Yeah. Like it starts to feel like they're not even on the same side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like as we've discussed many times, deeply dysfunctional relationship. And yeah, maybe this is God love bombing. Elijah or something. Yeah. Like, oh man, I, this guy is my prophet. I probably should do something for him. I've been feeding him with ravens this whole time. I, know. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. How about the ravens? Ravens with and no water. Sometimes, like, like, are these signs and wonders like God's way of being like, hey, this guy's a little bit too much of a fan. Maybe I can send him by this brook and feed him with ravens and he'll just shut up. Just, he'll just chill out. He'll be best time I feel of his like life. All, I feel like all of the prophets have a little bit of, of that, like, I don't know what it is, prophet personality disorder. <laughs> That's fair. Where it's like they just are kind of... I don't know. Was, was Jonah a prophet? Does he count yeah, as a prophet? Jonah counts. He was a prophet. Yeah. Yeah. Prophet of the Lord. Begrudging, begrudgingly. But all the all the prophets that like are really into it, like Isaiah and Elijah and Jeremiah, <laughs> they're sort of like incorrigible in most things. Yeah. <laughs> Including, and it, you know, it makes actually a lot of sense now that I'm thinking about it from that lens. Like, God's probably just like, I don't really like hanging around any of you people anyway. Yeah, y'all just... Go be by the brook. Yeah, can you all just, like, chill a bit? Find something, find something to do. Get a hobby that's not sacrificing children to bail or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, you you want your your cooking, your food on your own excrement now. Oh, that's... Oh, oh, and you're telling me, you're telling me that I told you to do that? Mm, Really? (laughs) The Lord? Hmm. Oh, man. I don't know if you've ever read the book Mexican Gothic, but this is its definitely giving me some of that. I'm like, oh, this is the prophets. They were just, they were just seeing shit all the time. Mm-hmm. 
and just being like, this is God. Like, right, exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. They were all it was they were attributing attributing all of it to God. Is God in the room with us now? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was fun. Yeah. The Lord is a weirdo, and so are all of his prophets. Mm-hmm. I think we we knew that going in. Yeah. Seems seems to hold up to this particular story also. Yeah. And then I mean, we don't have to go into all of the, you know, odd odd things, but it's like, you know, Elijah's really like up and down. He's like running this and that. He's running for his life in the next chapter, you know, like he just like these prophets, man, like they're never on top. You know what I mean? Mm, <laughs> like they mm-hmm. do a great thing. And then suddenly it's like, well, now they want to kill me. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Can't ever win as a prophet. Truly. You cannot. Not for long, at least. No. Not if you're a real prophet. Hey, this is a good litmus test that we should start pulling out mm-hmm. for all these people on the TVs who are calling themselves prophets. Yeah. Like, listen, if you're always if you're always driving the Bentley. Not a prophet. You are inherently excluded from, from being an actual prophet because most of the time prophets are pretty down on their luck. True. That's that's. Very good point. I love this. It's like fucking Creflo dollar. But I bought the bulletproof Bentley because people are chasing me trying to kill me. <laughs> There'd be some logic there. Yeah. It's like, like see, it's for God. The Lord has provided it to me for my protection. <laughs> the Lord provided me with a chariot. Oh man. I mean it's custom custom order, but whatever. Close enough. So we haven't done this in a while, but Yeah. Who would you like to cast as Elijah? Let's do Elijah, Ahab, and just for kicks, Obadiah. Hmm, okay. And, and Jezebel, um, too, if you want to do Jezebel. I feel like throwing Jezebel in there. Nice. Hmm, this is a good, this is a good question. Who do we want to cast for Elijah? Scraggly old wiry dude. Mm-hmm. With a, with a big old beard. Not sure who who comes to mind. Maybe Christian Bale. <laughs> nice. He he does scraggly real well. Scrawny scraggly. He pulls that off. I don't know. I never really pictured Ahab, Captain Ahab, as I like to call him. That's where they got all the water. He used to work on the sea. Okay, I think. Okay, here's go. my thought. I'm gonna do this as a comedy. Okay. That'd be amazing. So we're going to have the Elijah is going to be Justin Long. So from I think Dodgeball and the Mac PC ads like Justin Long. So Elijah, that kind of like bumbling, scrawny, like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Obadiah is going to be John C. Riley. Okay. I feel like he is the perfect comedic side character. Like put him in that role. He's going to thrive there all day long. Yep. Ahab is going to be Christopher Walken because. Okay. Why the fuck not? I think. Yeah. Um, Fair. But fair. Yeah. I think, I think he could do it. Maybe, maybe 10 years younger. Cause it's going to be really weird when I tell you that I want Jenna Ortega to be Jezebel. Um, because I that think that actually tracks for Kings. Let's I, I, be honest. True, true. But, 
but I think she would do good in that role. I think she's she's delightful, and she could she could yeah. almost be like the semi serious one in this whole mess. Mm-hmm. It's like bumbling men, mm-hmm. and and like she's misunderstood not because she's terrible, but because she's just intelligent. Um, she's a, she's good at her job. She's actually good at her job and makes them feel weird. So that's that's yeah, the comedy that, makes, that I'm doing. That's that's uh, absolutely the thing that that men get insecure about. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I have to put in effort in order to be better than women, woman. What? That's not fair. Yeah. No, that's great. I'm I'm very into this. Like like this lineup a lot. A lot. Yeah. I never really saw it as like a, a comedy situation, but it totally is. Obviously. Yeah, this, this is a comedy, I think. Uh-huh. Man. Or you could have Jason hey. Momoa play like one of the priests of Baal. Mm-hmm. Like, like an unnamed priest of Baal. But just like I could just see him screaming and, you know, going just like he could make it very funny, I think. Yeah. And I think it would be yep. a fun picture to like see him versus Justin Long. Like, yeah. Totally. I like this. I like this a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd watch this movie. I just you know somebody. I'm I'm actually not enough of a movie person to be like somebody needs to fund this or just you know <laughs> Patreon goal when we hit seventy two thousand patrons we'll make this movie. Yeah, I, I will turn out <laughs> films if if Christians can turn out <laughs> bad films, I can turn out bad films too. <laughs> like, fair, very fair. And my bad but, films would be good. Because you wouldn't be taking yourself seriously. Exactly. This is, this is the problem. I, you get a lot more mileage out of the book if you're not like, oh, this is all just a history textbook things that literally happened. The Bible is but, a lot more interesting when it's funny. True. And less painful to read. Yeah, 100%. So Love it. All right. I think we did it. I think we did. So um, if you liked this episode, share it with a friend. If you didn't like it, um, quietly keep that to yourself. <laughs> keep that to yourself. <laughs> or you can email us. Oh, yeah. Email us about it. Go That's home Bible great. at gmail.com. Uh, hey, email. I, we're, we're, actually, we're actually here for that. That is the only forum that we're accepting criticism and feedback. So the rest is five-star reviews, please. Um, if you want to follow us, you can follow us at Go Home Bible on Twitter as well as Instagram. We may be Twitter could die and then we'll be on threads at Go Home Bible. So um, okay. perhaps you, you heard it here. We will survive somewhere. I don't know which arc we will be on, yes. but we'll be on one of them. We'll be on one of the arcs for sure. I feel like we're moving towards a meta Zuckerberg social media singularity at this point. but. Mm pretty meta if you ask me uh, truly um <laughs> kind of prescient but yeah. good job zuck good job i mean i fucking hate you but good yeah, job i mean it's 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 one of those things like i don't really i mean i if they fight i want them both to lose um uh-huh. absolutely but <laughs> it's a shame they can't both lose yeah one of them will win unfortunately but and i have a here's the thing i would not challenge mark zuckerberg on anything no because much like the prophets, that dude gets obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
It's just the sheer amount of time that he commits to any random thing he decides he's into. And, you know, meanwhile, I think I think Elon Musk is low key Twitter if Twitter were a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Sometimes you can get some some stuff like off the ground, but most of the time it's just chaos. Yeah, I think I think, you know, like, let's just assume for a second they both have ADHD for a moment. Like fair. Zuckerberg has the mildly useful kind of ADHD mm-hmm. <laughs> where you just get hyper-focused on things. Hyper-focused. Everything's yep. a hyper-focus, whereas Elon Musk has the less Elon's helpful. Elon's got the squirrel. Has the less <laughs> He's helpful got the version. version. <laughs> I believe we might have the same one where it's like something shiny. Fair enough. This is mine now. Something shiny. This <laughs> yeah. is mine now. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. You've, you've um, dropped the most recent hobby for the newest hobby in the and you're like in the midst of dropping that one as well as you find another one. Yeah. That's yeah, unfortunate. I mean, he's got it. He does have to distract himself. So, uh, but or self-medicate. We'll be on the things. And uh, also um, Tori yeah. and I are on the things as well. Uh, Justin D or Justin dot gentry, whatever. And uh, Tori glass everywhere. So yeah. follow us, do all the things. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.